This is the story of any day in Newcastle. Newcastle is 100 miles north of Sydney at the mouth of the Hunter River. It's one of the busiest ports in the country. Hello, I'm Carol Duncan and welcome to the Lost Newcastle podcast. With more than 70,000 members, Lost Newcastle has become the online meeting place for generations of Novocastrians, sharing photos, stories, finding lost friends and loved ones, and learning plenty of new things about this place we call home. Whether you're a local, an expat, or new to Newcastle, grab a cuppa and enjoy. Hi, I'm Isabel Whittle. I'm a second year university student at the University of Newcastle. I'm currently studying a Bachelor of Arts majoring in History and I'm also the 2023 Vera Deacon intern for the Special Collections in the Orkmudie Library. Isabel, thank you so much for joining me on the Lost Newcastle podcast. I was lucky enough to see your exhibition at the university a few weeks ago uh, with some of those images blown up large and Mm. they're just beautiful. Tell us a little bit more about them. So the actual exhibition is based on 1930s women's fashion, specifically in Australia. The photographs that were chosen for the exhibition were chosen from the Newcastle Sun archives from the special collection. They're glass plate negative photographs, which is an incredible piece of technology, actually. It's really interesting. These photos were taken in the 1930s. Yeah. But the glass plate negative technology allows for such incredible detail that it's even it even rivals the photographic technology of today so these photos would have been really really tiny in the newspaper at the time but they've been blown up really large and you can still see incredible detail and it's just amazing how ahead of its time this technology was it um, fell out of fashion due to the fact that it, it was incredibly impractical to carry around these heavy glass plate pieces, you know, individually, but they still hold up, you know, in comparison to the technology of today. Where did the glass plate negative collection come from? So as part of the University of Newcastle special collections, um, they hold an amazing amount of archives, especially based on um, historical artefacts from the Newcastle region. Yeah. And they have um, a collection based on the Newcastle Sun. So um, as part of that collection, there's a huge amount of glass plate negative photographs that have been digitised and placed on the Living History website. And that's what I... Um, chose from in order to curate this specific specific exhibition but there's not just photos of 1930s fashion and women and models there's there's a huge array of photographs like there's photographs of people playing sports uh, there was even weirdly enough a couple of photographs of a pigeon I'm not sure why <laughs> but they all came from photographs that related to articles in the Newcastle Sun which was a newspaper that ran from, I believe, 1916 or 1918 until maybe the 1980s. Mm-hmm. So um, it's an incredible collection, although I will say that most of the photographs in this particular collection are from the earlier periods, so yeah. around the 20s and 30s. What was it like for you as a young student at the University of Newcastle to, to be looking through these images that are nearly 100 years old? Oh, it was incredible, especially as a history student. I, I, I found it hard to, to choose images that were cohesive enough to go together because there were just so many images that I loved. So I almost went 
in a slightly different direction because there were a few photographs of students who were doing um, some kind of Shakespearean play and they were dressed in incredible costumes and I just thought they were amazing and I, and I tried at one point to somehow merge that with the, the fashion element but it was just going to be too muddled so I just stuck with the 1930s fashion but that ended up being a really good decision because honestly <laughs> it would have just been <laughs> a lot and I and I really enjoyed the direction that the exhibition ended up going especially because we ended up collaborating with the Australian Museum of Clothing and Textiles which is based in Maitland and they uh, generously loaned us some of their 1930s fashion items so there are a few felt hats uh, one even has what appears to be a little rabbit's foot wearing a ring attached to it it's actually one of my favorite pieces there's a 1930s wedding dress on display at the exhibition there's even a pair of leather gloves that were designed for a baby to wear so yeah it was it's just been such an incredible experience to to look through these photos and then sort of evolve it into an exhibition that is cohesive and tells a, a story of 1930s fashion in Australia. Yeah. Imagine trying to get gloves onto an infant. Especially leather gloves. I know, right? Like, you know, the octopus in a string bag analogy, yeah, I think, could be really difficult. Isabel, do we know who any of the women in these photographs are? So unfortunately not. We did try to find out based on um, the Trove articles that they were linked to or that I found later on. However, no, they're just listed as model. I think the articles were more about fashion for women. Some of the articles were as part of articles that were called for women or, um, you know, women's advice and things like that, telling women... The women's pages. Yeah, just telling them how they should be dressing, the the, the proper way to, <laughs> you know, care for the home and, and all those sorts of things. Uh-huh. I will say, though, that there was... Um, there is a part of the exhibition that it focuses more on women's work namely um, tailoring and dressmaking at this time as well so there are a few photos from the Newcastle Technical College where some young women are learning how to make clothing but that's all we know about them we don't know who they are as individuals yeah I particularly love those photos uh, mm. and, and just thinking about you know their contemporaries today who might be trying to learn uh, fashion industries, mm. um, pattern making, pattern cutting, all of those skills, let alone the essential seamstressing skills, yeah. uh, quite remarkable. Do you have any favourites amongst those images? Oh, among all of them? Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to make you choose. Uh, yeah, choose no, some. It's fine. I, I, know, I know off the top of my head which <laughs> one's my favourite. So there's this woman and she's dressed... Her outfit isn't particularly remarkable in comparison to some of the other more intensely glamorous ones. It is, it's just sort of like a, a skirt suit. She's got the most intense look on her face and her makeup is incredible. It's almost, she's got this really dramatic makeup and drawn on eyebrows. She's my favourite. She is quite dramatic, isn't she? Yeah. And she's she's got, I don't know, maybe a little bit of a Mona Lisa smile going on there. There's... Yeah, just the look on her face is yeah, it? mischievous. Yeah, that perfect word. Perfect. I wonder who she is. It would be wonderful 
uh, to try and identify some of these women through Lost Newcastle. I mean, stranger things have happened. Yeah, just a real treat. How do people actually, how can people come and see the exhibition? So uh, the exhibition itself is held just outside of the special collections on level two of the All Community Library. Uh, It's free for anyone to view. You just come in and wander and have a look through the photos. And as you wander, there are QR codes uh, on some of the description of the photos as well, which will lead you to the Living Histories website and give you some more information about the photos if they're um, on the Living Histories website, which also links to Trove articles as well. So that's, um, yeah. When you have finished curating the exhibition, once you finally had it on the walls, how did you feel? Really, really proud and... um, and yeah, emotional actually. Like I didn't expect to feel that connected to the exhibition, but I really did. I've never curated an exhibition from start to finish and um, it, it just felt like my baby. Like I, yeah. I did so much research for it. I, I picked the photos. I, I I wrote most of the captions as well. I did um, have a, a little editing help for my supervisor based on, on time restraints, but, but you know, I did... I did most of it from start to finish and I even made little crochet pieces to go in the in one of the the cabinets um, just to sort of go along with the women's dressmaking theme and and sort of look like someone had just started to make something and and they had put it down and, and gone and done something so yeah I felt I felt very happy proud emotional and yeah just flooded with emotion yeah why did you choose to study history as well I've always felt connected to history I've always loved reading about historical events and connecting them to modern day and um, and seeing why and how we are where we are today and and potentially how we can learn from the past but also I I find it interesting to almost breathe new life into historical figures or stories especially those smaller stories that you don't normally hear told so you know you might hear about Hannibal crossing the Alps but you don't necessarily know about the women posing for the Newcastle Sun in the 1930s or making the dresses as part of the Newcastle Technical College. So I really like that aspect too. Yeah, I think that's one of the great values of Lost Newcastle is that these are the stories of us, our families, our people in this place, in their time. Yeah. And it's almost like you can, you know, sometimes reach out a hand and, and hear a personal story. And watching those reconnections mm. get made through the group is just phenomenal. I saw a little article online somewhere this week that made me really, really emotional. I can't remember the name of the, the, the artist, female artist, 400 years ago, Dutch perhaps. And uh, the story was about how when she, 400 years ago, was painting still life um, paintings, she was very cleverly putting reflections of herself in different objects. Right. And then, you know, in some of them as they'd enlarged the images, there she was. I think her name was Peters, um, P-E-E-T, anyway. And I just felt really emotional Mm. because it was like she's right there looking at us from 400 years ago and how would she, you know, if only she could know that here we are, here I was 400 years later looking at her on my phone Mm, yeah of this little image that she had painted of herself a little reflection 400 years ago just phenomenal 
Yeah, and I think that's why um, I think the special collections of the university is really important because some of the archives that they hold are obviously one of a kind, like they're from people's personal collections that have been donated often um, from their families. The work that the, um, the conservator and the archivist, for example, do with these collections and the, um, the connections they have with these, the, um, the families that still exist today uh, are just so important and, and, I, um, and I really admire the work that they do and I'm so glad to be an intern as part of the team. They are a phenomenal team, that's for sure. You mentioned that you're the Vera Deacon Scholar. We mm. hold Vera Deacon in great affection and esteem at Lost Newcastle, and it's one of the aims of the Lost Newcastle Project to help grow and continue to support the Vera Deacon Regional History Fund, which is one of the things that makes it possible for uh, special collections to have uh, people like you you're coming in as a student but it also helps uh, for them to employ people to come in to do that massive and expensive task Mm. of digitizing records Mm. it's monumental isn't it yeah and the and the volunteers in the um the glamex lab of the of the university also do incredible work with that digitization as well like just the the amount of hours that they spend digitizing these records and and videos and and photographs is is just yeah it's it's incredibly valuable and i think the entire university but especially the special collections are very grateful to them for donating their time in such a way because it's it's just so helpful to it would be impossible yeah otherwise because it is expensive work Mm. You know, we see the the same issues facing um, organisations like our Amazing Trove, mm. uh, which we've all recently been through the big fight to have uh, refunded and, and better funded. So what do you want to do next? Gosh, um, that's a question. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I do know that I, I definitely want to work within the, uh, the GLAM industry, which is an acronym meaning galleries, libraries, archives and museums, which I know sounds incredibly broad, but honestly I'd be very happy working in in any of those subsectors of the industry um i've really enjoyed putting on this exhibition but um but i'm I'm also enjoying currently going through some of the archives that the special collections holds and just sort of um finding out about individual people and putting pieces together and i I really enjoy research yeah I, i love books i love the rare books archives and and i i love art i also i volunteer and casually work at the lockup in yep. Newcastle as well so um, art also has a special place in my heart so yeah I'd be I'm keeping my options open but I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for what the future holds and I'm just trying to gain as much experience in, in every area I can as possible and just absorb it all you, while I can. You are in such amazing passionate and good hands out there with John DeGravio and Anne Hardy and an incredible incredible team of storytellers and story savers Uh, congratulations on your exhibition thank you it's absolutely wonderful Uh, when's it open till so uh, it's on display until the 29th of November okay we'd love to have you back to tell more stories if there are more goodies from the, the glam Uh, area and the archives at the uni that you'd like to share while you're still Mm. studying then feel free oh i'm sure there will be there's there's a few things in the works (laughs) so i'll let you know excellent isabel thank you so much thank you do you have a lost newcastle story to tell 
Get in touch. I'm Carol Duncan and you can be part of the story too at lostnewcastle.com.au or join us on Facebook and Instagram.